What's going on? Welcome to Canal and Bell on this Thursday. Big show coming up. Emery Hunt's going to join us in just about 15 minutes, get his picks for the weekend. No uh, ton of stuff. Uh, Team USA was playing this morning. We'll get your thoughts on that uh, as they've had an interesting go of it here uh, in the FIBA World Championships, trying to uh, make inroads there. Ton of stuff we have to get to. Uh, I was going to go with Thirsty Thursday because I had Hump Day Wednesday, Taco Tuesday. Is that a little bit too thirsty as that it is? That is thirsty. It's a little yes. too thirsty. All right, I'll stay away <laughs> from that. I don't want to make that to be a thing, so I'll stay away from that. Um, do you have a guy that you go to for your hair? Like, Do you have a barber that's your guy that you go to every time and that's it? Or do you kind of shop around? Wait, 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 wait. Time I, out. I have a bald yeah, you, head. Yeah, so you don't, you don't have to do anything. This so you guy. just, it's just razor, straight edge, this boom. Guy, All right. Uh, my when kids do. Did. My kids do. Okay. So yeah. they have a, like a loyal guy that you go to and they don't want to go see anybody else. Yeah. I still am looking for somebody that I can call my guy or my girl in South Florida because I've been back for two years. You haven't found a guy or no, a girl? Well, I've been going to Supercuts and yesterday I went to Supercuts and I got a <laughs> new person. Right. And, uh, she gave me like, she went a little bit too close with the edges, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. sides. And it's just a little bit too tight for my taste. Okay. And it's because I don't have a guy or a girl yet. Like I got to find that faithful. It is tough with, um, with our schedules. Like we're so busy that. The last I had a guy that I was with for about six months, a guy that was cutting my hair. Except any time I would go, I'd end up waiting like twenty minutes. I'm like, I just want to go get in. It's just a haircut. I want to get in, get out, and go. Yeah. So I started going to supercuts. You walk in, you sit down, See, boom, you're in, in ra- twenty minutes. There's a ratio there, man. You have to you have to figure out the right. There's a balance, right? Yeah. Like quality of cut versus like how prompt they are with their appointment time. Right. Versus. Like how flexible are they if you're a loyal customer and you got to pop in without the appointment and they can slide you in because I ran into that trouble haircut, too. Right? I ran into that too. So it's a big pot and you've got to you know figure out what's important <laughs> yes. and how flexible they are. Yep, you got to weigh the pros and the, and cons, the cons. What bro, you're gonna yeah, do? It's a big I feel like commitment. I'm a big tipper too, especially at supercuts because it's so cheap. Well, that's the investment you make, right? Yeah. So when you show up, even when you get your regular guy, my right. tip. Isn't because it took you a whole lot of effort to cut this head. No. It's so that when time. I come in there <laughs> yes. and I need that one cut, you're going to slide me in. Yeah. That's why I left my last barber. See? Yeah. That's why you got to do it. You got to make some of those tough decisions. And then when you leave, it's like a breakup sometimes. Oh. My mom. Now, when you left your last barber, did you go to a different shop or a different guy in Not the shop? Shot, no, I got, oh, okay. Because yeah, that would be really awkward. Yeah. Um, all three of my – I take three kids to get haircuts, right? Religiously, every week. Bam. $5 a head every time on the tip. Um so, you know, my son changed from one school to middle school, and so he couldn't get out at 230. We couldn't use the 240 slot. I'm like, yo, I need that 340 slot. Can't do it. So I'm like, what? All right, I need a, I need a 4 o'clock slot. Can't do it. I'm like, whoa. Bro, we got it. I mean, there's got to be some way the kid could get his hair cut, right? Yeah. Completely unflexible. So we wound up going to another shop. The weird part is my mom still goes to him. Ooh, yeah. And I didn't know that until like a week ago, and she was like, yeah, I'm going over here to get a haircut. I was like, what? You still get your hair cut? Like, I was offended. She's I felt like she was on you. Off. I did. I was like, what? <laughs> exactly. My wife still goes to the other guy that I left, too. So it's a little bit awkward there. They obviously right. don't have the same standard that we do. Um, when you have ever gotten in trouble, um, whether it was in the NBA, if uh-huh. you received a fine, a couple. Uh, probably not even those because it's not really the similar situation. But if you ever were you late to meetings much? Um, no. I don't picture you as a guy that'd be late no. to meetings. When I got a little, man, I'm not gonna lie. At the end in Utah, really, I was rare. <laughs> <laughs> you were you were kind of close. I was always terrified. And you know what I hated? I hate losing some of my money. 
And yeah. I felt like it was very, like there was no excuse. Like, cause if you're going to be late, you can get fined. Then all of a sudden it starts adding up and it's two or three grand. It get very expensive right. to be late. So I was always like, there's no chance. Like this is the easiest thing I can do is just be here on time. So I would never be late. At that point I was off the reservation. <laughs> like I was, I was never a late guy. I was a real good pro like that. But at the end, once, you know, the petty stuff started from one side, I was like, Oh, you want to see petty? Right. <laughs> Watch this. <laughs> You gave them a little bit of their yeah, own medicine. How about this? All right. In that situation, yeah. would you ever made it known to the entire fan base that you were late, maybe a bad worker? No. That Except, was, yeah. That so was, that gets to my point. Right. So Antonio Brown was doing just that. So he's been late. Uh, he's missed a couple practices. He missed a walkthrough, which yeah. again is one of those things where it's the easiest, simplest thing you can do in the NFL. It doesn't require any energy. You literally, it is exactly what it sounds like. You are walking through plays on right. the field. So he misses one of those. Misses a uh, practice, and he gets fined a total of fifty-four thousand dollars from the Raiders. So what does he do? He goes out there and tweets out the letter from his general manager, Mike Mayock, and goes out there and says, "Well, now they're hating on me. Just your own team is hating on me, but there's no stopping me. Uh, the devil is alive." Quoting Rick Ross, I don't know, like, where is he going with this? Yeah. Um, but it's such a bad look. Like Antonio Brown proves over and over. That he is a complete clown and is going to sabotage his own career, which I hate seeing because he's so unbelievably talented, and yet he's making it really hard for the Raiders to look like they made the right decision and bring him in there. What What were you trying to get accomplished by screen grabbing? Like, what I mean by taking a picture of that and tagging the Raiders and every guy he's got to pay. Who's got to pay? Right. Like the Raiders got to the Raiders. Pay? <laughs> right. Like, I don't even understand what that's about. Or, but uh, if you think. That anyone is going to side with you um, for being fined by the Raiders, you're crazy, bro. You no, your job. It's like I, this boils down. Like I side player all the time. Like if, if it's you know if it's a, 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 not a cut and dry issue, if, if there's some gray area there, and you know I'm always going to side with the player. Even when I was in the front office and I was management, I tend to lean player. It was mm-hmm. just my. That's your job. If you don't do your job then you're subject to the penalty that comes for not doing your job. Yep. Point blank, period. So I don't even understand like what world you live in where you think you're going to tweet this out or Instagram it out, and you're going to have all these supporters like championing Antonio Brown's cause to not go to practice, and he shouldn't be fine. Like, wh- you are that disconnected? I think he is. I think clearly Antonio Brown is disconnected from the reality that on this team, he is going to be held to the same standard of every other player. I do think in the Steelers organization, and you I don't know if you put this on Mike Tomlin or who you want to put it on, I do think there was a double standard between star players and everybody else. And that's what you create when you do that. Exactly. Yeah, you're, you're seeing that. Antonio Brown is walking into a new organization thinking, hey, I didn't have to be on time. I didn't have to go to walk through in Pittsburgh. Right. I'm Antonio Brown. I'm one of the best receivers in the league. I don't have to do with the Raiders. And I say good for the Raiders for setting a standard saying, no, if you are not at our practices, if you are not at our meetings, you will be fined. You will be held to a standard. That's a championship standard. I'm not saying the Raiders no, are no, championship no, no, caliber, no, no, but no, no, they no, want to no. set a culture of no, that. No, no. You want to set a culture? Don't play him. Mm. You ain't hurt. You're not hurting yourself by finding him. Like when you want to set a culture, you're willing to take a sacrifice as the team to set the culture. Meaning, hey, like let's use uh high school or college for example. Like you break a team rule, um you you don't pass the 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 grade point average that's set to be eligible to play even though it hurts me as a team, you're not playing, sir. Everyone falls in line and it may, it's going to cost me, but I'm not going to play you cuz I'm establishing the culture. Pro teams typically 
They're not willing to do that unless somebody makes them sit you, if you're good enough, right? Right. So here's what I would say to that. If you really want to establish a culture, Mike Mayock and John Gruden, yeah, fine him is great. That only hurts Antonio Brown. It, it, sit him. Don't play him. No, seriously. Don't, don't, you don't play him. You, you be willing to take the hit too if you're really serious about establishing culture. I don't believe it's like that, but I do support you finding him because something has to be done. Well, I think this is the first step. Like, I think you gradually have to start easing in Antonio Brown to your culture. Yeah. Uh, and the first step is, this is a significant fine. Like $54,000 is pretty big in the pantheon of what you could find. Yeah, could, being and, late for, I mean, missing something you could get in the tens of thousands, but being late right. for stuff is usually and this, like we, a grand. He missed a walkthrough. Grand. So he did miss a walkthrough. They're saying, Hey, you missed a practice when he's probably saying, Hey, I was fighting the NFL for the helmet, which was stupid in itself. But I think this is the first step. And if it doesn't curb the behavior, then you have to take away playing time. Because that is one thing that resonates with every single player is playing time. If you can't be on the field. No, I don't think they will either. And that's why he'll keep getting away with it. Mike Tomlin's famously, after the Facebook incident, people were asked, the media was asking Mike Tomlin about Antonio Brown. And he was like, what do you want me to do? Not play him? (laughs) And like that. And he was open and honest about it. But that's a, that's a, an attitude that most coaches would have when you have a a player that's so dynamic like that. The unfortunate thing, I don't think this is the last time we hear about Antonio Brown's antics off the field, which become a total circus. I think the best acting job we have seen over the last 10 years, in any industry, movies, television, Broadway, has been John Gruden acting like this doesn't bother him. Because <laughs> on Hard Knocks, he was, hey, I support you, man. You got to do your thing. I got your back. I got your back in all this thing. And Antonio Brown's like, I love you too, coach. And they're all chummy. John Gruden, this is driving him nuts behind the scenes. Mike Mayock, they are doubting and saying, it was the same mistake. And I think it was. And I think it's going to play out over the rest of the season. Um, How old is Antonio Brown? He is 31. Be careful, bro. Yep. Because, like, the antics, while your performance on the field is outweighing them, people are going to put up with it. They're going to do what they're going to have to do. They'll compromise some of their own beliefs and some of their own, um, you know, morals for the wins. It's just the way the world works, right? Like, not, not just sport, right? If you're good enough at something, people are going to put up with a lot of stuff. Once that stuff starts to outweigh your production, you're getting close to the age where it might, they're not going to have you around, bro. And it's not going to be like, a, hey, man, come over here and play for less money. It's going to be like, don't touch him yep. because it is a real problem. And okay. that happens quick. When you when that, as a player, you don't see the decline. We talk about all the players. You know, it's probably happened to all of us as players. You don't see your decline the way GMC it, the way coaches see it. You always think you're still at the top of your game. Once they see that slippage and you're still this guy, you got a problem on your hand. Totally agree. Uh, T.O. is a player that comes to mind. Yeah. Remember how long he was d- waiting for jobs? Des Bryant. Yes. Other, a lot of receivers, and I don't know if it's, it's I mean, it is unique. We use the term diva wide receiver. Sometimes they do have, maybe they're more high maintenance than others, but I would just caution them. When you make this your reputation, you might, in the back end of your career, when you want another chance and you're out there saying, man, give me one more chance. Every team's going to look at it and say, that guy's a pain in the neck to yeah. deal with. And so they're not going to give you that opportunity. One of uh, Antonio Brown's old teammates with the Steelers uh, has been Le'Veon Bell. Sat out the entire last season, goes to the Jets, um, did not play at all during this preseason and told the Jets, hey, don't hold me back in week one. I think some people would look at this and say, well, how can he be ready? He hasn't played anything. It's not that much different than any other position. Starters are playing Less and less. The trend is hardly any reps in the preseason. That's why the first couple of weeks of the NFL season are sloppy. Everyone's getting up to speed. 
I don't think it'll be any difference, and I don't think Adam Gase should take any of the reins off Le'Veon Bell. I think he's full go. You put him out there. He's been practicing, and you say, hey, we signed you. We paid you all this money. We're going to we're gonna re- rely on you. Make a case that he's the freshest of the top ten backs in the league right now because he hasn't been banged on for the last two years. Um, yeah, I, com- I, I agree with you and, and Le'Veon Bell. Like, roll me out there. Um and and get your money's worth out of me. Like what what are the Jets like? What are you hoping to achieve if you're the Jets this year? Jets, do you think the Jets are, are Super Bowl bound? You think uh, they absolutely believe? That, you think they believe they're they Super Bowl have bound? To. Oh, all no, right, no, they don't have to. <laughs> they have to say they do. Yeah. But do you think deep down they're like, yeah, we're playing Super Bowl? No, probably no. not deep this, down. This is a this is a process, right? This yep. is a, there's a roadmap to get where we want to go. Um. On that roadmap, Le'Veon Bell's penciled in for this amount of dollars, help Sam Darnold, you know, uh, ascend into the quarterback that you hope he's gonna be. Part of that means he's gotta carry the ball and keep the workload for Sam Darnold down to a degree, right? Yep. So you roll him out there and you get your money's worth out of Le'Veon Bell. It's not something that you're looking to protect for the next eight years, right? You're, you're basically riding this horse for what? Four years, maybe? Yep. Yeah, maybe. Ride it. Yep, absolutely. So I think you're gonna see a heavy dosage of Le'Veon Bell. I don't think you hold him back at all. Jump right back in. Uh, with all you can. Ezekiel Elliott, uh, we talked about it a lot yesterday. Got the $50 million guarantee, yeah. the $90 million, uh, dollar contract. My initial reaction with you, and it's always, it takes a little bit while for the, a uh, little bit of time for the details to creep out because the narrative was Zeke won. He got exactly what he wanted. He's the highest paid, co- uh, running back. Uh, he gets to miss camp and all this. And there is some truth in that, but I also think the devil's in the details when you look at it a little bit closer. Um, spot track. I think that's how you say it. Uh, they do a really good job of contracts analysis. I use their site all the time to see who the highest paid backs and uh-huh. all, that, all the positions are. Uh, put his numbers out. So in the first year of this deal, he's going to get seven and a half guaranteed. That was his signing bonus. Okay. Todd Gurley had like 21 million. It was a way uh, higher amount. Um, then he's making 6.3. Then next year, 10.9 is his salary. 2021, 13.7 is his salary. And then 2022 is 16.5. Now, notice the parentheses after those first four years, potential out. Right. That, to me, is where, okay, so this is, in reality, it's more of a four-year deal than it is this, you know, eight-year extension that they're giving him. Because after that point in time, it becomes much more manageable for the Cowboys, if they want to, Mm -hmm. to part ways with Ezekiel Elliott. That's what I always talk about. Real money, fake money, you have to be careful with some of those numbers that you look at. Yeah, he, well, I mean, I think the only thing that really matters ultimately at the end of the day is you're guaranteed, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The 50 million racks, like you keep it moving. I I do think there's a potential for him to maybe earn after that fourth year. I think it went down, like Mm -hmm. it went from like 16.5 or 15.6 and then it drops down. Yep. Um, I think he could get into that money. I don't think he ever sees the end of that, that 16.7 that's on the last year of that deal. Um, but I, I always I look. This was a win for Ezekiel Elliott, and that he got up to the table to eat again before it was his turn to eat. And you had Dak Prescott and yep. you had Amari Cooper that, that should have been ahead of you in terms of getting a deal restructured. So in, in that light, it, it's a win for him. I you can't take that away in, in my mind. I, I I also believe it's a win for the Cowboys, though. Yeah, like I mean they they have the window of opportunity. They they've got the pieces in place make a run at it. It doesn't make sense for, for you guys to spite yourself by not making this work with Zeke. If they were able to creatively do it, which was able to, you know, secure some extra cap space, even better. But I do believe this to be a situation where like both people walked away from this feeling like, all right, we're good. Let's go. I think so too. Clearly, uh, clearly Zeke did too. I thought it was funny. Jerry Jones was on the floor of the New York stock exchange or NASDAQ somewhere in New York city on wall street. 
Uh, and he said, I'm a hundred, like he pulled out his pockets. He's like, I'm a hundred million dollars lighter today. <laughs> but that's not exactly true. Right. Like that's right. the thing, but he's spinning it like, I, I, sure. I gave this guy all this money. Like I'm the, I'm the owner that keeps, and I think he is, but I think he's always kind of playing that game with the media and with the fans, uh, to make himself look good. Uh, it's kind of been his MO, uh, throughout his career. Loves the spotlight on him. Uh, we'll have to keep you up to date too with Dak Prescott. Is he going to be the next guy? Uh, if I was him, I'd be saying, hey, when when's my time coming? I think it'll be sooner rather than later. Maybe it's hey, one of those me. surprise deals. Like Jared Goff, no one saw that coming. I think maybe that's what will happen with Dak. Like yeah. all of a sudden it just comes out of nowhere. And you're like, oh, okay, good for him. Uh, we do have a game tonight. Packers, Bears, kick off the NFL season. Um, you know, the college football's on hold. It takes center stage. And there's some really interesting storylines to this. Division rivals, longtime rivals. I mean, mm-hmm. the NFL is doing their NFL 100. Um, so to kind of kick off, they want one of these historical rivals. The big storyline for me is Aaron Rodgers playing in Matt LaFleur's offense. Matt LaFleur was hired as one of those guys who was a Sean McVay disciple. But that was a while ago. He was in Tennessee. Their offensive passing numbers were horrendous. We didn't have Aaron Rodgers. But that, to me, that dynamic is what's going to make or break this Packers team uh, this year. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously it starts there, right? You've got a, you got a guy in Aaron Rodgers who, who is considered one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But, um, the other question for me, uh, not only will this offense work, um, and how willing will Aaron be to kind of, you know, give in, if you will, to the offensive coordinator and, and allow himself to be taught new tricks, if yep. you will, as a quarterback. That's a hard thing to do as an older player. What pieces have you put around Aaron Rodgers though? Cause that's been like the biggest conversation, at least, from my fans' perspective over the last few years, have you put, like, high and Like, Jimmy Graham, like, five years ago. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, where are this? Where are the guys that are going to go out and make the plays? And hopefully some of these guys can do it, but that's one of the things I'm looking for this year. Is there going to be some breakout performers on that, on, on that team on the offensive side of the ball where Aaron can not necessarily have to make every magical throw to win a game. He yep. can just make regular throws and people can and make plays. That's the thing I've always thought the the Packers took for granted was uh Aaron'll figure it out. Right. He'll make the receivers better. Never really had, you know, a couple, two or three really solid weapons to work with on the offensive side of the ball, and I think that could be something they're regretting again this year. It was there was a big deal made out of um you know, Matt LaFleur, are you going to let Aaron Rodgers check off at the line of scrimmage? And early on, he kind of pushed back and was like, well, he's going to have to check with me. And if it's in the system. And then the other day, I mean, he came out and was like, he's going to have full autonomy. He can do whatever he wants, which of course you would expect that. But this will be one of those relationships that we watch unfold because of the way it ended with Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers. It was ugly. Aaron Rodgers has developed a reputation as being not easy to coach. Right. It will be something that people will watch every single little thing. Similar to me, um, the way it was with LeBron and Spolstra. Sure. Remember when he was there? And all I would say to that is it won. Like they, it, they worked, it worked. Yeah. They won uh, a championship. I still think it can work. And there might be some tension there early, but I think they'll figure out a way to make it happen, um, there for that team. The Bears have a running back. I don't know if you've caught him at all. David Montgomery, who was a third round pick, and we've seen some steals. Kareem Hunt, in the third round, we've seen that kind of be a popular, trendy time for running backs to go. I think David Montgomery could be could be one of those backs that's taken a little bit later, not a first round pick, that could really surprise a lot of people. And he was a kind of a viral sensation in their first preseason game. Yeah, but he has some pretty remarkable um, skill set, quickness, catching the ball. And I think Matt Nagy, the head coach there, is going to have a field day with him. And I do think these weapons. Are you starting to look at uh, Mitchell Trubisky and saying, all right, 
this is your time to shine. Chicago had such a good season. I do think they'll be back, and I actually think they end up winning this division. Do you really? I do. I have them. Uh, I guess we're going to save that for another segment. But they're, I, I'm really high on the Bears, too. I think you know, year two uh, with Nagy and Trubisky, you kind of saw Goff and McVay kind of pop in year two yep. you know, together. Like I, I want to say Goff was a second-year quarter or third-year quarterback at that point, kind of like Trubisky is. I think you'll see huge strides made there. You just touched on um, – you know, you just touched on uh, Montgomery, and then the defense is like ridiculous. The stats kind of speak for themselves. Top five sacks and interceptions, only defense to do that in the NFL last year. Uh, lead in the league in, in pass D, and I think they were top ten in, in, in D. They lost their D coordinator, you know, but Pagano's not a bad D coordinator, so uh, I think they're going to be really good on both sides of the ball. All right, who you got tonight? Tonight the Bears are laying three. The Bears. You like the Bears, the Bears. home favorite. Man, it's hard for me to pick against Aaron Rodgers, but I'm going to roll with you. Just heard me say I think they're going to win the division. I think the Bears get it done and cover tonight as well. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. You never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. All right, welcome back to Kinnell and Bell on this Thursday, the opening day of the NFL season. Let's bring in our guy Emery Hunt, who's going to join us as he does every Thursday. Get some picks in here. Before we get some of your picks from the weekend across the NFL and college football, I'm curious to hear your take. If you were Jerry Jones and you were the owner slash GM of the Dallas Cowboys, would you have handed Ezekiel Elliott the contract that they did, $50 million guaranteed for a running back in that spot? Would you have done that? Absolutely. Now, I may be a little bit biased here, but I will say I would have paid that money. I would also try to work out a deal similar to what the Patriots have done with Tom Brady, because we know Tom Brady isn't just getting paid $23 million a year. Yeah, a little side <laughs> under the table action there to skirt the salary cap. I like the way you're thinking there. And maybe, I don't know, maybe that was something Jerry, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he had some deal like that uh, playing on the back burner. But I love that, uh, playing your partiality towards the running backs too. I like that. All right, let's start off with the NFL. The Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson, saying they're going to use them a little bit more as a passing threat this year on the road against Miami. Miami clearly in rebuild. Today. They traded everybody away. Their best uh, tackle in uh, Tunsil, sending him packing. Kenny Stills, a ton of players. They look like they're rebuild mold. Who do you like this one? Baltimore is a touchdown favorite. Yeah, take Baltimore. Lay all the points with Baltimore in this ballgame. I think this one, this one may be the blowout of the weekend. I don't think Miami going up against one of the best defenses, top three defenses in the NFL will have much success with that offense that they put together, especially that offensive line. Lay all the points with the Ravens. All right, let's move over to, uh, the Jags. Um, obviously they, you know, they got Nick Foles, um, defense took a step back last year, but then you got the Chiefs coming to town. So offense against defense, Chiefs, uh, favored by four at the Jags. I like the Chiefs in this game, so lay the points with Kansas City. I love the speed. I love the athleticism. And I don't know, outside of Jalen Ramsey, what do these uh, the secondary of Jacksonville bring to the table? There are some questions 
there last year outside of Rams, and I think that's going to be exploited once again in this matchup. Uh, it should be a fun one, too. Nick Foles takes the helm for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I can't wait to watch Patrick Mahomes back up what he did last year with the 50 touchdowns. Can't wait to see that one. All right, Houston Texans, seven-point dog on the road against the New Orleans Saints, still trying to get over that NFC non-call and NFC championship game, which cost them a trip to the Super Bowl. Who do you like in this one? I think Saints fans will realize how important and key Mark Ingram was to that football team. It makes him a lot easier to defend with him not on that roster. And I think the Houston Texans can keep this one close. I don't trust that Saints secondary outside of Marshawn Lattimore. I would say take the Texans in the points. This one will be a high-scoring game, and it will probably end up being a field goal contest. But take the Texans in the points. I don't think the Saints will be a touchdown uh, favorite in this game or touchdown winner in this game. All right, let's move over to college football. You got Louisiana length 13 to Liberty. Yeah, I think when you look at what the Cajuns did last week against Mississippi State, nearly pulling off the shocker because they ran the football. That offensive line and that trio of backs they have in the backfield are going to be phenomenal all season long. And it starts again uh, in Louisiana against Liberty. Lay all the points with my raging Cajuns. Homer pick right there. Oh, Homer well. pick. The, the question I want to know is where is Hugh Freeze coaching from? Is he going to be propped up in the hospital bed again? Like where is he going to be on the sideline? That's to me is the biggest story of the weekend in that game. Uh, all right. One of the bigger premier games will be LSU going into Austin to face the Texas Longhorns. This line has been all over the map. Uh, before the season, LSU was a favorite, went all the way to where Texas was a favorite, and then LSU uh, putting up 55 points in week one has the, the pendulum swinging back in their favor. Uh, who do you like in this one? And it's not because LSU put up points. It's because LSU put up points with their passing game. Who knew LSU can throw the football like they did last week against Georgia Southern? So that's why that line is what it is. Lay the points with LSU. I think the biggest matchup in this ball game will be the Tigers' secondary Going up against Sam Ellinger, they're going to force him to be accurate consistently down the field. I think that's a matchup LSU can win, and they will, on the scoreboard and also on the field. All right, we got the Cadets and Army headed to Ann Arbor. Um, Michigan's favored by 22-and-a-half. What do you like? I like Army in this game. Take the Black Knights and the points. You will never blow out an option team. And, yes, they only scored 14 points against Rice last week in a tight game. But what was what went unnoticed was how stout that defense was for Army. So not only do they have a great defense, that option game, they can take the air out of the ball. I think Michigan is in for a tight game in this one. This will, will look like a lot of what we saw last year with Oklahoma and Army. I like the cadets take the Black Knights uh, and the points. Yeah, that last year, Oklahoma was taken to overtime. Nobody saw it because it was a pay-per-view right. game. That was a scary one for them. I'm on board with you on that one too. Emery, outstanding stuff as always, man. Appreciate it. Have a great uh, weekend. Enjoy all the, all the football. Thanks, guys. You too. Awesome stuff uh, from that one. I am on board with the Army pick as well. Uh, they were not very impressive. Took They only won by three, I think, in their opening weekend. Uh, and Michigan, I think it's, it's, I agree with them. It's hard to blow out a triple option team. I think Michigan wins, but I think it'll be closer than most people think. Um, you made a little subtle comment yesterday towards the back end of our show. You were like bold. You said Jalen Hurts. Heisman Trophy winners. That was, is that the comment I heard? I, I want to clarify. Say, I, I, I don't what, remember if what, I said he what, was unequivocally going to win. I said he's in a conversation, right? Well, yeah, well, no, you can't back down from a bold statement. I don't like think I said that. It. I don't think I said that. If I did, I'll stand by it. I'm not sure. Oh, okay, I said so that. now I'm putting words in your mouth, I and you're going to there. I, I, it's um, regular. All right, so I, so I had my reservations about Jalen Hurts. Right. Uh, he answered a lot of those against Houston. I would still say 
hold on a second. The last time Houston was on the field defensively, they gave up 70 in their bowl game. Um, so it's not exactly a world beaters on defense. Um, but what I don't like, and this is one thing that concerns me, is the overreaction we get. I'm not, I think you're fine. The, the Heisman thing, yeah, I think he's in the conversation for sure. But right here, CBS Sports, our draft experts mm-hmm. have vaulted Jalen Hurts all the way into the first round in the 2020 NFL mock draft, either going 24th or 19th, based on that week one performance. Danny, here's... Your reaction is what? Uh, listen, I asked the question. Like, I, I, I asked the question the other day... Um, to, to someone who I trust about football, like, uh, could he? You don't need to trust anybody more than me. Let's no, go. I mean, we were having a conversation, <laughs> no. and I was, I, I asked the question, like, is, is it possible that Jalen Hurts, uh, was a kid, like, he was a super high recruit, like, he wound up in Alabama, that it just didn't develop on the same timeline as you would have hoped for him to develop for whatever reason. Maybe the guy that was in place at Alabama prior to Enos and, 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 uh, the, the, the current OC didn't click with Jalen. Maybe they weren't able to develop QBs. They hadn't really had a really good QB at Alabama. Do you know what I mean? And so now here comes Dan Enos and company. Tua looks great. He's shattering records. But then when you saw Jalen Hurts last year, like if you go back and look at Jalen Hurts time played in those games that really mattered when he had to come in for Tua. Mm-hmm. If Tua had been making those throws, you'd be like, oh, my God, look at that. I mean, he was really playing the position, not with his legs, but with his arms. So the question I had was maybe he's just on a later curve in terms of development. Now, after one game, I don't know that to be the case or not. But it's a possibility that going to another quarterback whisperer um, and another uh, quarterback-friendly offense that's going to use both his legs and his arm, um, maybe he continues to develop, and maybe he is what people thought he could be when he came out of high school. That's not that far-fetched. No, I don't think so either. Um, I just think it's – and here's how I'll play devil's advocate. No one at this time last year or the last two years would have said Baker Mayfield's going to go number one overall or Kyler Murray's going to go number one overall. No one would have said that. Right. So maybe our guys here are ahead of the curve saying – well, if he continues, of course somebody's going to give him a well, shot. No, if he continues with those numbers, like oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's insane. I do think he still has to develop as a downfield passer. It might sound really well. Would you? What more do you need to see? There were a lot of guys running wide open. He ran the football a ton, yeah, he did. more so than Kyler Murray. I mean, they yeah. they called plays designed for him to run. That's the thing where I don't think that catches NFL scouts' eyes. They're not saying we're looking for a runner like that. I want to see him continue to develop as a passer. They ran a quarterback counter. Yeah, like it was I, a really creative play. I, it was. It was really interesting. <laughs> I, you never see that. No, and that's one thing Lincoln Riley gets a lot of credit for. He will maximize Jalen Hurts' talents right. without question. So it'll be fun to watch. Uh, my top eight to finish off this segment. Uh, after week one, not a huge shock. Mm-hmm. The biggest shock for me was that I did not have Georgia in the top eight. I'm going to tell you why. Okay. I like to be flexible and fluid with my top eight, where in the preseason I absolutely had Georgia in my top eight, but I didn't think they were exactly world beaters against Vanderbilt uh, in week one. And I know it's an SEC caliber opponent, but they didn't exactly handle them. Uh, so they didn't deserve a spot to me after one week in the rankings uh, in that with that performance. But that doesn't mean they can't go back in. Like, I want to take this every single week with an open mind, clean slate. And if you do, like Wisconsin. Wisconsin, to me, massive jump, not only in the AP poll, but also for mine, because they were dominant against South Florida. Complete dominance. I thought that's what you should start to see against a lesser tier opponent. And I don't think you saw that complete dominance uh, with Georgia over Vanderbilt, which is why I had them outside my top eight. But they'll have plenty of time, including a massive game against Notre Dame, where they might not only vault into the top eight, maybe it's the top four that they jump back in there as we look at my top eight, which we'll do every single week. 
Do you want to win $1 million? Of course. Of course you do. Well, who doesn't? Well, now's your chance. All you need to do is play Parlay Pick'em with CBS Sports. The process is simple. Download the CBS Sports app or go to cbssports.com slash parlay and submit your parlay card. Once you're done, you're immediately in contention for big-time cash prizes, including the chance at $1 million if you hit the perfect parlay. Download the CBS Sports app or visit cbssports.com slash parlay now to take your shot at a million bucks. Welcome back to Canel and Bell as we are breaking down some Team USA basketball. Um, been the source of, I don't know, controversy is not the word. They've just been uh, so up and down. Um, the roster has been not very flexible. Like you've seen the stars have backed out. You've seen a lot of players leave the team. At one uh, time it looked like the Celtics B team or their A team, but it looked like this junior, I don't know how you would describe it. A lot of Celtics were on yes. that team, uh, including one, um, Jason Tatum who sprained his ankle in the last game. Uh, with 2.1 seconds left in overtime, in which they barely edged out Turkey, but they had a bounce back performance uh, this morning against Japan when they won 98-45, doubling them up. Um, um, yeah, I, listen, I'm not throwing any shade at Japan, but I don't know that Japan was supposed to push them. I mean, it's Ryu Hachimura, and then I, I don't right I don't a, a bunch of no names, yeah, probably. Right. So anyway, like I, my point is, glad they bounced back. But I don't know that we should be using that as like a measuring stick as to whether or not like they're they're on the right path at, at this particular tournament or not. If you're Jason Tatum and you sprain your ankle in that game, yeah, why on earth are you coming back for more of Team USA basketball? Because you're already there, and it might not be a major sprain. Like I mean, maybe you got. But like even a great still, point. even if it's a minor sprain, yeah. if you're the Celtics, wouldn't you be? Nah. Hey, what are we doing over here? Like that doesn't matter. We need you on our squad. No, nah, I tape my I sprain my ankle, tape it up, and play it then to practice. Really? Yeah. In a game that doesn't matter. Well, it matters in today's to, it matters environment. To him. Where we he's, look out for players. It matters to him. He's there. Like it doesn't matter yeah, to all. Go home, <laughs> but but he's already he's already there. Like he's already invested in it. He's already done the tour. Those guys, I've followed them on Instagram, um, and and like they all seem to have a really really tight bond. Like that 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 team, they're all kind of in around the same age, um, and so I I think he's probably really enjoying the experience. Like despite the fact that you rolled your ankle. Um, and that you haven't been blowing people out of the water all the time. I think that they're bonding. That group is, is, um, is having a blast. So you, you don't want to leave because you got a mild ankle sprain. You got more basketball to play and you are enjoying yourself. Right. You having know? a good time with his buddies there for sure. Um, an interesting question that was posed on Twitter. I think there's a very obvious answer. You tell me if you disagree. Okay. Would this team USA, would they win an NBA title? I say no. The one that's there now? Yeah. I say Who posed that, that question? I don't know. Joey put it on right. He said a, a question on Twitter. I was going to say, do they make the playoffs? That's ridiculous. Like, I was going <laughs> to set the bar a lot lower no, stop. than that. Stop. Stop. I'm not even. I'm, <laughs> but historically, not. Team USA, Olympic Olympic teams are supposed to be a collaboration of the best this NBA the, has to offer. that. This is a right. C team. Right. And, and I mean that with no disrespect. Like I would have never gotten a chance to play for a Team USA team. This is a C team. Like most of your got most of your A players, and, and, and some of your B players said no. Like so, you got Bs and Cs. Like second and third options on this team um, for whatever reason. So no, this team would never win an NBA championship. All right. The other thing we might have learned from this FIBA World Championship is how to stop the Greek freak. 
I saw this. I saw this. I can't wait to get your opinions on this. So Greece, they lost to Brazil. Brazil's coach is talking all kind of mad smack. He says they've known for months. Like, what's the big deal about Giannis? We know how to shut him down. I mean, he was uh, his quote was, "We showed that we have several players who can stop Antetokounmpo." But yesterday, I was more occupied with Sluskas and Prince Princesses. And that's what happened today. When I was preparing this game, a lot of people talked and joked about how to stop Antetokounmpo. I had for six months in my head since the semis between Toronto and Milwaukee how to stop him. The problem tonight for us was Slauskas and Prezentis. I don't even know if I'm saying those names right. This is this is Drazen Petrovic's brother, Alexander Petrovic. Um, good for you, bro. Like have your have your have your minutes, whatever it is. Like Giannis. Yeah, clearly there are some, some things that Giannis has to work on. You saw a blueprint, you know, you crowd the paint, you, you do certain things to him, that, but you're, you're not, he's the MVP of the NBA, bro. He's one of the best players on the planet right now, and he's only getting better. So have your moment, is what I would say to them. Maybe he struggled, um, I don't know how much of it was your defense, I didn't see the game. Could have just been that he was having an off day. Could have been that he wasn't fully engaged. I don't know. But if you want your moment, we'll afford you that moment, have it. I'll just say don't poke the bear, right? Like, yep. Let sleeping dogs lie. Giannis might not have had a good game against you. It is what it is. But to think that he's going to parlay this moment into any kind of like opportunity, opportunity yeah. because you scripted some kind of defense that stymied Giannis Antetokounmpo is is uh, comical. Stop. Good yeah. for you, Alexander Petrovich. Your brother was a god, though. <laughs> yeah, his brother was a boss. Really? Yeah, that cat was. He was a boss. All right, Alexander uh- Petrovich. You never seen like the. Uh, like I don't know if it was a thirty for thirty or the special that they done on on uh, Drazen Petrovic or like it was I think it was Serbia Croatia and then then the civil war and and the two sides and all of that You've I didn't seen see that? it no oh, was dude. it good yeah it's phenomenal I'll have to check it out um, there was an NBA story that crossed uh, yesterday that I thought was pretty uh, interesting I was curious to get your take so Lakers have Alex Caruso he got uh, drug tested now the thing that's pretty normal to me because it gets drug tested all the time in the NFL. Now, they're supposed to be random, but he did post these photos. Yeah, dog, boy, look at, okay, Caruso. Well, so now, hold on a second, because these are fake photos. These are oh. not real photos. These are Photoshop. <laughs> it's his head on another yeah. body. Yeah. But I think the NBA might have had your reaction with saying, hold on a second, something's up here. And so he The traps got... don't match the neck. You can see it. It's all in the traps. <laughs> exactly. So the day after he posted that photo, he gets a little drug test note there and gets drug tested by the NBA. Do you think this is truly random or do you think the NBA had your reaction and said, oh my gosh, this guy can't be natural. We have to go get him tested. We've covered this. You are the guy. You are the, oh, it's random. I'm telling you, it's not random. There's no randomness to it. Like that, that is, oh, you saw the Instagram? Send somebody out there to check out Alex. Now, all jokes aside, have you seen this cat's like a uh, little highlight compilation? No. Sneaky athletic. Really? Yes. Like he doesn't. He's not what he looks like. <laughs> All right. I can right? see that. That's fair. Not a stereotype. He is definitely not. You see him coming and you're like, oh, okay. All right. That cat will bang on you. I got to keep an eye on him for sure. Uh, others Lakers new, uh, news. When you had um, Dwight Howard was signed reportedly. Um, he was signed so that AD doesn't have to play center. So does that mean they're actually planning on giving Dwight big minutes? Because that would be the shocker to me. And I am very curious to see how this fits with LeBron. There, are, there there's a lot. There's a lot of reasons why that's not very good. Dwight is number one, right? Okay, and what he has left in the tank to be able to do. Um, number two is the way the game is played now. Um, 
I don't know that there's space out there for that big old plot in like clog the center of the floor type of big. Um, number three, LeBron is way more effective and efficient playing the four now than he is at the three, which would make Anthony Davis have to play the five. Um, and number four, we are in a day and an age of positionless basketball, dog. Who cares if they call you the one, two, three, four, or five? Just get out there, space the floor, because that's the way we're going to play it. Let's get downhill. Let's get in pick and roll, pick and pop, and dribble handoff, whatever we're going to do. But this is so silly, and I don't even, like, I don't know what to say. Dwight Howard, um, I hope he has a great year with the Lakers. I hope he can play meaningful minutes, and I hope that he can uh, attribute to the success that they have this year. If he's going to be a huge part of your plan, we've got problems in L.A. Yeah, that's that's the way I took it, too. I, I think this team is worse after the signing. Right? Does that make sense? Like I, I, I look at Dwight Howard and I see him as a source of distraction of potential um, issues, whether it's on the court or off the court, that make this team worse well, by adding him. I mean, I, there's potential for that. I, I can't say for sure. Uh, what I will say is they are much worse having, uh, not having Boogie, and and substituting for Dwight. Like mm-hmm. otherwise, Dwight would have been signed, and Boogie would be the one that's getting the job now. Right? Like Boogie, when you lost that skill set. Um, and, and a healthy Boogie Cousins, you lost a dynamic on that team. I, I really do think he was primed to have a really good comeback year, a lot better than he looked last year. I, I don't know to what degree, um, but he was going to add real value to L.A. I know a lot of people didn't believe that. I did. When you lost that, and now you go to Dwight, again, I hope he does well, but not nearly the skill set or the or the, the player uh, that Boogie is, so you'll have to recalibrate. Yep, for sure. It's going to be interesting to watch when the NBA season gets started uh, not too, uh, in the not-too-distant future. Welcome back to Canel and Bell. It is the first day of the NFL season. Can't wait. We're all starving for football at this point in the year. We get it back. College football has the night off, so the NFL can take center stage. Uh, we Such both. Oh, I love it. Such we, uh, we're both on the Bears laying three. Is that, is that the Canel and Bell jinx potentially? Like, should that mean everybody should take the other side? Probably. probably. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably a safe bet. Since we're giving out our surefire <laughs> locks of the year, why not give our Super Bowl picks? Our MVP picks and our rookie of the year picks. Okay. Uh, go ahead. You take it. Uh, who do you have winning the AFC? AFC, I've got Kansas City. I think they're going to take that next step. Uh, fill in LaShawn McCoy for Kareem Hunt. Um, I, I just think you're, you're two with Patrick Mahomes. I, while he can't probably duplicate what he did last year, I think they're primed to win the AFC. I am on the same page. I don't think Patrick Mahomes has any regression. I don't think there's anything defenses can do to figure him out. I think he's a supremely talented individual. Who I love his work ethic. I like the way he's handled himself. And he's got a tremendous amount of talent around him. And their defense has to be better. I don't think they're going to be worse. For the NFC, both of us going a little bit off the radar. There's no really clear-cut favorite in the NFC. It's pretty wide open. The Eagles have been a trendy pick. Sure. I'm going way off the grid with the Seahawks. Well, that's when I thought was plus 1,800 to win the NFC. I think Russell Wilson has an MVP-type season. You see me down the road there. MVP, that's my pre- uh, preseason prediction for him. Getting to Davion Clowney in that trade. The Legion of Boom is younger. They won a Super Bowl with a bunch of no-names. We didn't know who Richard Sherman was. We didn't know who a lot of those younger players was, uh, were on that team. I think it's a similar type year for the Seahawks. So I'm going to say them, with a regression for the Rams in their division, I think they win the division and make a push and win the NFC to face the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Who you got from that? I like that pick, though. I do. Um, the NFC was hard for me as well. There's some 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 names out there. Um, you know, the Saints, but I think Drew Brees, you saw the fatigue last year. I, I do believe they'll take a little step back. Um, you know what's sneaky for me? The Falcons. 
It's a sneaky name I gotta know. Yeah. But ultimately, I think the Bears, I made the case earlier, they're just so stout on defense. And I know there's some turnover there with the coach and everything like that. But I do think that year two with, uh, with, uh, coach, quarterback, and year three as a quarterback is a big year. Um, and I, so I think they'll get out of the NFC. Rookie of the year for me, I, it's interesting. I like your pick. Although I have my big time reservations about Kyler Murray. I'm going with Josh Jacobs for the Raiders. Uh-huh. Uh, I love the way he ran the football at Alabama. I think John Gruden will rely on him, will utilize him. Uh, we've heard so much about Derek Carr and Antonio Brown, but I think John Gruden at heart does want to run the football and establish the run. We saw the year that Saquon Barkley had last year, which is going to be almost impossible for any rookie to match. But I do think Josh Jacobs is one who's going to get a lot of carries for a Raiders team, which is going to rely a little bit more on the run than I think most people think. Okay. You are going with... Kyler Murray, but it's yeah. hit or miss. Um, yeah. like it, number one, um, the offense has to, to translate to some degree. If it doesn't translate at all, then this is a wash. I've wasted all my money. Um, and they've got to protect him. Like that old line, they've got to just give him a second. In some degree, that has to do with that offense and getting it out of his hand quickly. And if it works, um, I think he'll get enough opportunity, uh, to, to, to put up the type of numbers that would warrant, you know, rookie of the year. For any storyline that I'm looking forward to this season, it's pr- there's probably two. One of it's the Browns. Like, what does this team oh, do? Fascinating. I-, I cannot wait to watch them play to see how this thing uh, plays out because I think I think they're overhyped and I think they're going to underdeliver. But then you look at the talent. It's like, man, if they reach their full potential, I'm buying. They could be the Super Bowl champ. Like, they really could. Uh, you're all in on them. You like these brash young kids. I do. Dude. Or I mean, talk on, whatever, I'm, and just like, say whatever they want. I want to see so how it unfolds. It, I agree. I, hey, have fun. We'll I'm see. We'll have plenty of time to talk about that. The other thing is the Cliff Kingsbury-Kyler Murray combination. They did not showcase much at all in the preseason, which I don't blame them. Right. Use that um, to your advantage as much as you can. My big concern for Kyler Murray is how does he survive? Like, does he stay healthy? Can he, can he um, handle the NFL? Right. I think he's the type of runner because he's tiny. Like, he is small. But I do think he has that innate ability that a lot of ball carriers, runners, or even quarterbacks have to avoid the big hit. Right. Like he might get tackled a lot and he might get hit a lot when he's running, but just at the last second, the ability to duck, to move, to, to put your body in a certain position so you don't take those full force blows, I think is why I do think he survives there. Ultimately, I think they're going to be really, I don't think they're going to be very good again. Yeah. Which I think costs him that rookie of the year pick there. David Montgomery, the running back for the Bears, third round pick. I think he's a pretty good choice there okay. if you were looking for somebody who I think taking some of the load off Mitchell Trubisky, run the football. He's got quickness. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. I think they're going to find very unique ways to get him the ball too uh, for the Bears. So that's another uh, pick to watch out for. I was very surprised. You and I both picked the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Chiefs are a very trendy pick. Do you know who the favorite to win the AFC is? I mean, it shouldn't be a huge shock. Yeah, the Patriots. The Patriots right. are, which I thought the Chiefs were. And I thought I was like, oh, man, I'm going chalk. They ain't beat them yet. No, I know. I That's mean, the you, thing. Last year you were like, oh, they're going to beat them. They got to beat them. They got to beat them. And they never, they never beat them. Absolutely. So yeah. then, then I'm sitting here with my Chiefs pick, you're, and I'm like, man, are we making a mistake? They're going to beat them. I, sooner or later, the Patriots dynasty has to end. The right. thing about it is they're still going to win their division. Yeah. And all they need is a chance, a seat at the table. And it doesn't matter where they play, as they showed last year, going into Kansas City. And if it's a one one game scenario, all you need is three or four wins, depending on if you get a bye. Tommy, yeah. What's the definition of crazy? <laughs> Why right? you doing the same? We're thing here we go. End? Yep, picking against them uh, for sure in that uh, situation. Yeah, a little bit peculiar. Um, Lonzo Ball had some interesting comments. 
Uh, he was doing an interview the other day, and he said he found out that he was traded on Twitter. I think this is the least surprising thing I have heard in today's environment. You still think the Lakers owed it to him? It's inexcusable. Really? It's an inexcusable thing. Like, if someone's in your family, like, and you preach family, and we're all in it together, and, you know, you, and they have to find out that their life is changing forever via Twitter. Like, you owe, there are not a whole lot of things that an organization owes a player other than his money. Like, do you know what I mean? Um, but you owe him the courtesy of telling him you traded him. Like, I, I'll never co-sign on a player finding out that he's been let go or been traded via the media. Give that man a phone call. I'm not saying you got to have him in your office or anything like that because I know leaks. But you should at least have the – to yeah. w- get on the phone with him and tell him you traded him. Here's why it's not surprising to me. Uh, in today's environment, news travels at the speed of light almost. Like, they, I, who's to say maybe the Lakers didn't try to make a phone call or try to track him down? It's the off season. Maybe they couldn't. And then all of a sudden, his agent, somebody finds out the news, puts it out there on Twitter. Leave him a voicemail. <laughs> Send him a text. But then, then, then I guarantee you he would be doing this interview saying, yeah, they left a voicemail. But, like, that, you know, but like, then I'm going to say, okay, well, at least they tried to call you. Right? right? You yeah. say, I found out on Twitter, but they had left me a voicemail 20 minutes ago. Yeah. I got no problem with it. Do you think we'll be having the ZO2s on our show, uh, shoe showdown anytime soon? Because he had some interesting news about those. Are they they back? weren't ready and ripped every quarter. That is not exactly an advertising. Are they still making big baller? Uh, I don't know. Hopefully not because they were a disaster for sure. Uh, but our show is not. Our show is the best thing ever. Uh, tomorrow we'll be back. Friday, finish off the week. We'll react to the Bears Packers. Enjoy the opening night of the NFL season. Uh...